Hello, this is episode three in this podcast. It is titled The Mary Bell Story. It covers the case of the 10-year-old schoolgirl called Mary Bell that, along with her friend Norma Bell, caused devastation in their local community during the late 60s. Mary Bell was just about to turn 11 years old when she committed her first murder. She was born on the 26th of May of 1957 and lived in Scotswood, which is in Newcastle. Mary, up to this point in 1968, had had a very depraved life. Mary Bell was born to a very young mother called Betty. Betty was only about 17 years old when Mary came along. Mary Bell's father was believed to be a man called Billy. The parents did marry after Mary's birth at some point. Unfortunately for Mary Bell, her mother was a prostitute and her father was a very heavy drinker. They both disappeared at times and left Mary to fend for herself. It is also believed that Betty would bring her clients home sometimes and Mary would witness lots of adult stuff and fights, according to reports. Most of the fighting occurred between Mary's mother and father, however. It is not known for sure, but it was suspected that Mary may have been subjected to abuse as well but there is nothing available to back this up only suspicions at the time the house that mary bell lived in was considered to be part of the slum area of scotswood the area was just beginning to undergo redevelopment in the 1960s with the old slum houses being knocked down and new high-rise flats being built to accommodate all the families Also, it's worth thinking about before I go into the case in more detail that in the 1960s, children were allowed to play outside, often without any form of adult supervision at all, and for hours on end. Sometimes older siblings or cousins would be expected to keep an eye on the little ones, which was a lot of responsibility and something not many of us would actually consider doing today. Times have certainly changed over the years, largely due to people becoming more informed about hazards that are out there and the knowledge that, unfortunately, there are some very disturbed people out there who will prey on children. Also, there is more traffic on the roads, which makes a difference to how young children are supervised. But sometimes tragedies happen, which they certainly did in this case. The first that anyone was aware of the two young girls, Mary and Norma, was when they started to bully the younger children in the local area. They had been suspected of causing injuries to a little boy who had been found just wandering around by himself, crying and with marks on him. Obviously, a three-year-old is not going to be able to say very much about what had actually happened to him, but Mary and Norma were spoken to, but they both denied having anything to do with it. There was apparently another incident, this time with a little girl. It has been said that Mary Bell tried to strangle her too, but not very much appears to have been done to find out exactly what had actually happened to the little girl. So from very early on, there were very deep-seated problems with Mary Bell. Local residents acknowledged that she was a sadistic girl and out of control. Norma Bell, although there is evidence that she did carry out some of the attacks, she's always portrayed as being a follower and almost just went along with it all. We have no way of knowing for certain if that was the case, but it does appear that Mary Bell was the more dominant of the two girls. It was thought that from the age of nine years old, Mary Bell was known to be a volatile little girl who often attacked other children, especially children that were younger than her and smaller than her. 
She was considered to be extremely disruptive, including at school. However, not much was done about her behaviour until it was too late and the damage had already been done. On the 25th of May of 1968, just one day before Mary Bell's 11th birthday, she strangled a four-year-old boy to death. The young boy was called Martin Brown and he had lived in the local area. The crime happened in an abandoned house in Scotswood and Mary Bell had lured him there with the promise of giving him a little massage. The little boy's body was found by two local boys who had been playing in the area. At first, the police thought the boy had either had an accident, although there were not any marks on his body, or that he had accidentally overdosed on some tablets. Apparently, they had found an empty pill bottle next to Martin's body. The doctor who carried out the post-mortem, however, ruled out an overdose and said that it could have been death by natural causes, which is rare in such a young child, but not exactly unheard of. Martin Brown was described by his mother as being a cheeky little boy. She was dev- obviously devastated by his death. It also must have been more difficult for Martin Brown's mother because the police did not really know what had happened to her little boy. So she wasn't sure, you know, if a crime had been committed or if he'd actually died of natural causes or had some sort of accident. Um, and it would take a while before she actually found out the truth. The police, during their investigations of the death of Martin Brown, went on to discover some writing that had been left in a nursery that had been broken into and vandalised. The writing seemed to be in reference to Martin's death in some way and would seem to be taunting the police. The police thought that the writing was very childlike. It was determined that the notes were written by a child, but they did not seem to be of any value to the investigation at first. It would later transpire that Mary and Norma broke into that nursery and had vandalised it, so in all probability they had actually left the notes there as well. Martin Brown's mother would later go on to say that a few days before Martin's funeral, when his body was in his coffin in the house, as is a tradition with some families and some religions, Mary Bell turned up at the house and asked to see Martin. His mother explained to her that she could not see him because he had unfortunately died. Mary replied that she knew that, but she wanted to see him anyway. The shock to the boy's mother must have been horrendous. How damaged must someone be to kill a little boy and then just turn up on his mother's doorstep to try and see him? Although Norma Bell was not implicated in Martin Brown's murder... She was implicated in the second murder. The second murder took place only a couple of months after Martin Brown's death. It took place on the 31st of July 1968 and this time the victim was only three years old. Poor little Brian Howe was strangled to death by both Mary Bell and Norma Bell. His body was just left on wasteland in the Scotswood area. The area was known locally as the Tin Lizzie. The police discovered later that Mary Bell had returned to the body to try and carve the letter M into his abdomen. When Brian House was found, it was clear to the police that he had been murdered, as well as the crude letter which was carved into his abdomen. He also had marks on his legs and some of his hair had been cut for some reason. Also, it was clear that the little boy had been strangled. Brian House has been described as being a very cute little boy with curly blonde hair. The pathologist who carried out 
the post-mortem on Brian, noted that the marks on Brian's body were carried out by a child and not an adult. Once the police had gathered all of the information regarding what had happened to Brian House, it was clear that both deaths were somehow linked and that a child was more than likely responsible for both deaths. The police had to go back to the parents of Martin Brown, the first little boy who was found dead, and tell them that they now thought he had in fact been murdered, just like Brian Howes. They must have been in a state of shock. It was bad enough to lose your young son, but to then find out that he had been murdered is unthinkable. During the police investigation that followed, it was soon discovered that there had been a witness to the murder of Brian Howes. A nine-year-old boy described how he was playing and had seen the girls with the little boy. He had apparently witnessed Mary Bell saying to Brian House that she would massage his neck to help with his sore throat. She then strangled the boy. I'm not sure how reliable this witness is because although he was nine years old, he apparently had the mental age of a four-year-old, which makes it hard to believe everything that he said he saw. The police soon became aware of Mary Bell and her friend Norma Bell anyway. People who the police spoke to would tell them about the girls and their bad behaviour and their violent tendencies towards other children. Once the investigation really got going, it did not take very long to find evidence which would actually implicate both girls to the murders. Most of the evidence would point, however, to Mary Bell. Mary Bell's teacher went through all of her old notebooks as well as her schoolwork and soon found something which would be used against Mary Bell in the future court case. Mary Bell's teacher had found some damning evidence. She had actually drawn a picture which closely resembled the crime scene of the first murder victim, Martin Brown. Mary Bell had actually drawn what looked like a body, a small body, lying down on the ground with a small bottle of pills on the side which had the word tablets written on it. This was considered to be very significant evidence because it meant that Mary Bell had had to have either been at the scene at the time or had come across it afterwards before Martin Brown's body had been discovered. Mary Bell and Norma Bell were both questioned by the police but both denied having anything to do with the murders. When researching information for this case, it was hard to find very much information on the older girl, Norma Bell, only that she was 13 years old at the time that the two little boys were murdered and that she was seen as feeble-minded, especially compared to Mary Bell. It is known that she lived in the same area of Scotswood in Newcastle as Mary at the time and that although they shared the same surname, they were not related to each other at all. It is also reported that once the police and later the court system got underway, Norma Bell reacted in the way that many normal children would. She started to cry and stumble over her words, whereas her as Mary Bell did not. Mary Bell was considered by the police and later the court psychiatrists to be much more dominant despite being younger than Norma. Norma was said to have been easily led. The court case that took place happened in December of 1968, which is quite quick if you compare it to today's turnaround from charging somebody on the serious charges to the actual suspects appearing in court. 
The two girls were tried in an adult court and both appeared to struggle with the formalities, which is hardly surprising. Most adults would struggle in such circumstances as well. Because the evidence was quite compelling in this case, especially in regards to Mary Bell, the apparent witness, the drawing in her school notebooks, it did not take long for the verdicts to come through. Mary Bell was found guilty of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility, but Norma Bell was acquitted and free to leave the court. The judge, in his summing up after the guilty verdict came through, said of Mary Bell that she posed a very grave risk to other children. He sentenced her to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure, which meant effectively an indefinite sentence. Norma Bell left the court and presumably went home with her family, although not very much is known about that at all. Mary Bell went on to serve time in both secure units and remand homes for girls before finally ending up in Ascombe Grange Open Prison in North Yorkshire. She was released from prison in 1980 when she was only 23 years old. She had only served 12 years in total. Mary Bell was given a new identity upon her release. Mary Bell went on to have a child. She gave birth to her daughter on the 25th of May in 1984. The daughter's name is obviously protected as well. It has been reported that Mary's daughter did not know about her mother's previous life and her crimes until a newspaper journalist tracked Mary Bell down in 1998. They both had to move away again with new identities which are covered by court orders so they cannot be reported on. Mary Bell must have convinced enough people in authority that she was no longer a danger to society for her to have been released after only being put away for 12 years. I think it is worth thinking about Mary Bell's background prior to the murders. She did not have any stable influences at all in her life while she was a young child. She was also probably hardened in some respects because of what was going on around her at home. There was not anyone there just for her to help and support her, just a mother who was a prostitute who would bring her clients home and a hopeless father who seemed more interested in drinking than anything else. I could find no mention of any other family members that perhaps could have helped steer the little girl down the right path. The trouble is when you are brought up in such a negative environment it is hard to try and go in another direction. Maybe once you are older you can try and change things for yourself and obviously some people do but a large number of people that are brought up the way that Mary Bell was will in all likelihood end up in roughly the same lifestyle as their parents. The only time any efforts seemed to be made to help Mary Bell and Norma Bell to a much lesser extent was when it was much too late and the damage had not only been done but they had caused such anguish and devastation to two little boys and the boys' families not to mention the local area as well. There is no doubt in my mind that the real victims in this tragic case were Martin Brown and Brian Howes and their respective families. But if in particular Mary Bell was treated differently when she was in her very formative years, the situation could have been a lot different. And it's not just living in poverty and being left to run riot, but also having such terrible role models as Mary did with both of her parents. She really did not stand much of a chance, in my opinion. She would have seen violence at home, even if she was not 
directly involved in it, although there are many suggestions that Mary Bell had been abused in some way. It is very hard to imagine just what those poor little boys went through. They would have probably trusted the two older girls. The boys did not stand a chance against them. The girls probably chose Martin Brown and Brian Howes as their victims because they would not have been able to put up much of a fight against them. If they had chosen someone in their age range, then there was a chance they would not be able to overpower them. But whether they actually consciously worked this out or just preferred younger victims, we shall probably never know. In regards to Mary Bell being released from prison at the age of 23, I do find that way too early. At the end of the day, she did kill two boys. It has been reported that a lot of work went into supporting Mary Bell once she was in the system and there were no reports of any violent outbursts when she was locked up, although it could have been just kept from the public if she had been violent at all. But obviously it was felt that she could and should be released and that she was in fact rehabilitated. By being given a new identity and no up-to-date photos available of her, she probably was able to stay off the radar for many years, although she was outed later on in 1998, but once again she was given assistance by the authorities, which must have cost a lot of money. This is another sad case, especially for the poor boys who ended up losing their lives before they had a chance of life. It is also sad to think that a child like Mary Bell, who was displaying violent tendencies towards other children and acting out in some way, had not had anybody help her or support her until it was far too late. I also find it hard to think that Mary Bell was able to only serve such a very short sentence and to be given so much assistance upon her release. She was also able to have a child despite having murdered two very young boys. Martin and Brian would never go on to have children. They never had the chance, thanks to Mary Bell and her friend Norma Bell. It is hard to have very much sympathy for both the girls, but I suppose the way they were brought up and the fact that they were just allowed to run riot, they should have been given more support and somebody should have stepped in, maybe the teachers or anybody around, but I suppose there were so many children that were probably in the same situation in that area, which was quite deprived, you know, with the housing and everything. But, I, you know, I do believe that a lot of assistance has been given, particularly to Mary Bell, and that maybe it shouldn't have been. Also, I always think that when people are given new identities, it somehow isn't really fair on people that they come in contact with, you know, especially if they've been, you know, killed a child or killed anybody or done anything like that, then I do think sometimes that the public really should know just who's living next door to you because you could innocently let your child go around there and it could be a disaster. Also, I think, you know, even if you are deemed to be okay and that you've got your temper under control and that you're not likely to reoffend. I don't know that you should just have the slate wiped clean and that you're just allowed to go out, you know, and have so much support thrown at you. And even if you're, you know, discovered by somebody in the future, you still have money and support thrown at you to, to make your life well again. And you just think of the parents of those two boys, you know, I'm sure they've struggled over the years 
and I doubt if they've had the level of assistance that uh, Mary Bell had. There's probably no right way to deal with um, people in this situation really and it's really quite unheard of for small children to murder other children and you know but obviously it does happen it happens in a lot of countries and it's certainly happened in this country since Mary Bell but um, you know should they just have such a short sentence and be let out to get on with their lives and have children have families of their own you know I'm sure presumably they think about what they've done but are they remorseful does anybody actually care if they're remorseful or whether they just think well you know that's all we can do with them they they weren't adults when they committed the crimes but they must have known that really what they were doing was wrong this was a very sad case and I just think of those two young boys and their families and just hope that somehow they found some peace over the years Credits for information contained in this podcast are Wikipedia, the website allthatsinteresting.com and other reports online, including from the Guardian newspaper group. Thank you very much. Thank you.